Um, hi, everyone. So this is our second um, Reads for Resistance recap. So we're just going to talk about um, the book club that happened last Saturday um, and chapter two. And yeah, um, Ashley, what did you think was like a really interesting thought or topic that you had about chapter two or maybe that came up from our book club last Saturday? Yeah, so I think something that stood out in this chapter was we see this um, theologian, theologian who's a giant, basically, in the Christian world, and his notoriety is that he's so progressive and he's able to make things so practical, and he is a professor at Union Seminary, right? Um, so he's teaching, he's pouring out to other seminarian students, and we see the conflict of his thoughts and his actions. There's real, there's like a bridge, there's a gap, right? So it should connect, but it just doesn't. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is his work focuses a lot on the cross, on the suffering of the cross of how God um, sent Jesus to the cross and what um, what that means for our Christian faith, all these different things. But he's also living in the time of America where black people are being hanged and lynched, right? Mm -hmm. And he kind of has this idea that it's, it's terrible, the way black people are treated is terrible, but he doesn't want to segregate or he doesn't want to um, integrate In churches. That's, yeah. that's too that's too powerful for him. That's uh, too extreme for him. Right. And so it begs the question: Why does he not want black people in his church? Or what is the the division there? Right. If we see that Christ is being you know killed for his innocence and he's basically just a victim of a political process how can you study that know that so well but also be oblivious to what's happening in your own country mm -hmm. and have nothing to say about it Mm -hmm. Well, he said things. That's the problem. He said things. He just never did anything about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it brings up to the point that I thought what she was super interesting, too, is that he's a um, teacher. And so one of his students was MLK Jr. Right. And yeah, it's like, wow. Like, how powerful could that have been if he could have been that um, that bridge to basically white America, white evangelical Christians. Right. Mm -hmm. And he knew him yeah that's your kid like not your kid but that's your student right like you have to have some type of relationship with that guy and for you to see what he's doing see what he stands for and just be like now nah, i'm good i'll sit here in my tower right exactly it's crazy because i i always bring back to the question and we talked about this on last saturday he's like Niebuhr never realized that to pursue the level of justice that he wrote about and talked about at an intellectual level, that there would be a level of loss, right? Like he yeah. would 
lose something. It, it would actually, he would lose whether that's credentials or clout in the white, um, you know, theological community or whatever, right? I think um, just like now, we see a lot of social media activism, right? And yeah. oh, it takes so much courage to black out my screen for a day, right? And then that shows that I hear you, I see you, I care, and this is my statement. But if your life doesn't look anything like that black post, if you're not creating real space, physical space in your life for people who aren't like you, then it means nothing, right? right. And I think that's kind of the issue. I think as humans, we we want to self-preserve, right? We want to be able to have our American dream. And as long as I'm getting mine, then yay. But as Christians, we're called to something greater than that, right? We're called to love our neighbors when it's hard. We're called to sacrifice. We're called to literally take up our cross just as Jesus did to make the lives of our brethren and humans better, right? So I think that activism that doesn't take anything from you or doesn't require any sacrifice isn't really activism. It's kind of like, cool, thanks. Like that post, you know? Yeah. Nothing more. Oh, my story. It's done. The work is done, you know? Yeah. Like, did you see that quote I listed? It was pretty radical. I said, <laughs> and some of them are racist, crazy. And it's like, I, on a, one level, I do think there's space for people to grow in different ways, right? So that might be very radical if your entire family has only been pastors and they've only been in segregated churches and they don't acknowledge it at all. That might be extremely radical for you. But at the same time, there has to be accountability for what, if you want to be in that lane of being a real Christian, I guess. Um, then you have to back up your words with your actions and it shouldn't be like you're forced to do that. Like that's when it comes back to your spiritual formation, right? You have to spend that time with God and to know about God, to know the things that he cares about and what breaks his heart. So if I'm a Christian and I feel nothing when I see somebody who's in need or if I see someone being taken advantage of, I'm not really aligned with the gospel, Right. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus continually spoke up for the marginalized. He continually sought after, pursued these people that were like mm, yucky in his society. Right. And are we doing that? How are we measuring our life? Is it because these are the check boxes of what a Christian should look like? Should I I should read my Bible? I should spend quality time with God. I should do all these different things. And those are great. We talked about spiritual disciplines where it's, you know, fasting, quiet time, going on retreats in nature or being in group gatherings, worshiping together, reading scripture, praying, all these different things they matter. But you can't elevate those um, interpersonal things that you can just do by yourself with being in community. Yeah, right? exactly. And I think the beauty and curse of America 
is that it was founded on individualism, right? And so whether we know it or not, that's just how we operate for the majority of most Americans. And as Christians, we're just, we're supposed to be very counterculture, right? But then we say like, America's a Christian nation. And it's like, mm, I don't know, let's look at the facts. It's not really what it is. So I think we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable in our, in the spaces we operate, right? Yeah. There's, Christians should be, there should be some discomfort about being a Christian and not the fake persecution of you won't let me go to church. And <laughs> yes, say that. That's so true. Like, no, like I think there was like actual research based that a lot of black churches have morphed or have adapted to a coronavirus and has made it work like drive through churches or meeting in open spaces and everyone is able to stream something like it has to be i think that's just a really lazy argument and i think when people don't have the passion for god for people for anything they can just be lazy about it and i think right. that's what we're seeing right now um people are just lazy and they don't want to engage with like different truths or they don't want to engage with the real truth, which is um, black and brown people are treated differently in America and it needs to stop. People are literally lying every single day. And not even to mention, not even the police or um, government sanctioned murders. It's like our quality of life is piss poor because mm -hmm. of um, the way the system is set up. It's like, it's just, systemic it's a really hard word for me to say systemic and it's not like oh you made it it's not real anymore no like literally there's many people who are stuck either in prison because of all of these different things or they just didn't get a fair opportunity like yeah mm -hmm. yeah and also, I think when you're when you were talking about spiritual formation and how it can't just be like individual, I think that's something that our churches have really missed because we've, you know, bought into this product of American individualism. Because if we look at Jesus and his life, like, yes, he spent time alone, but most of many of his spiritual like practices was being in community with people, right? Like breaking bread with people, um, like crossing boundaries to build a relationship with people who are different than him, people who are marginalized. And when I link it back to Niebuhr, like we see that lack, you know? He was in the same city as all these freaking black activists, you know, these black civil rights activists. And he never, like cross that boundary to break bread with them. And mm -hmm. I I always, I think like when it comes to justice, like I always wanna make sure that I'm held accountable in my own actions. And the only way I can be held accountable if, I, if I'm in relationship and community with people who are different than me, right? Yeah. Like I can't be out here going, da 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 justice, Da, 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 Black Lives Matter, da, 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 you know, like protect native land. Da, da, da. If I'm not connected to these communities, because then I'm not, I'm just going to be up in the intellectual world 
And I, it's not gonna be from a place of love out of relationship. It's gonna be from a place of like wanting to look woke. And that's like for myself, when I think about that chapter, I'm like, I never want to be Niebuhr. How can I not be Niebuhr, right? Yeah. Then, this, yeah. Yeah, I think um, community, we, so much happens in community that you don't really think about. It just naturally happens, right? So like if you're with a friend and they're talking to you just about their life, then one, you're giving them space to talk to you, right? And you're listening, hopefully you've been an active listener, and you're understanding things from a perspective and you're not reading it from a book, mm -hmm. right? Because I think, um, you know, books are great. I love books. Yeah, read those. But if you don't have real relationships, like if someone's face doesn't pop up in your head when you're thinking about this issue, then it's going to be really easy to detach and really easy to stay in theories and um, kind of be blind. It's like a willful blindness or... Yeah. Um, and it's not real for you, you know, it's still in theory or it's what happens over there. But if you know your friend, like it is, we're talking about justice, so I should keep it with justice. But, um, yeah, like if you see an injustice being served, it can be as simple as like, look, super simple. Someone took the parking space of a handicapped person, right? or a differently abled bodied person, right? And then if you see them and they're clearly like chilling, you know, you could be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. That's like a small injustice. Doesn't really take much comfort from you, right? It's like a small way to speak up and you don't have to like put that on social media. It's just like a way of your life at that point. It's like, where can I stand in the gap even though it makes me uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. And, um yeah yeah do you feel like um what what spiritual practices for you have been helpful in terms of navigating this concept of justice of trying to hold yourself accountable um so i don't know or like maybe have your spiritual disciplines change over time yeah i think um, people go through different seasons of life. I like that uh, terminology. And so I think when I started to take my faith seriously was in college. And so my life is very different than a college student right now. So when I was in college, uh, my last semester in college, I was able to be taking one class and I had a lot of free time. And I pretty much had a room to myself. And so I would come home from my one class and literally just read my Bible and put on worship music and just have a whole time, right? I would go and I was in um, DC by myself pretty much because all my friends had graduated the semester before. So I would like go to restaurants, bring my Bible, have like date night with Jesus and journal whatever I felt and like pray like, hey God, can you um, just be with me during this time so I don't feel lonely and just give me something that would be encouraging. And it's been like, you know, crazy encounters with someone in the field that I wanted to go into, randomly meeting them, them giving me their card. And it's just like from that one time of 
looking kind of crazy at like a restaurant with my whole Bible out, right? And then <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily do that anymore, but it, it, cause I'm busier now. So it doesn't necessarily look the same anymore, but now it's like carving out time for God. Cause I don't, then I had like a lot of time for God. Now it's like, how do I prioritize the time that I do have available with God? So it's maybe taking a Sabbath, which is basically trying really hard not to do anything. Yes. It's so hard. So hard. So hard. Don't pick up your phone, open, like, don't read a book, just like be. And yeah. I think um, I've heard it like we're not human doings, we're human beings, right? So sometimes we just need to really be. And I also, with um, in regards to justice, I think the average person I would like to say has, you know, had extreme emotions with all of the terrible things that's happened in our country, whether it's justice related or even COVID is justice related at this point because it's disproportionately affecting a certain group of people. Mm -hmm. um, lament lamenting has been really powerful for me, which is basically just telling God like how angry I am and just being very honest and very um, real with God. And then sometimes I don't even have the words because I'm just like, God, it's so bad. I yeah. see people every day and they just literally don't care about each other. Um, and then for me, my like real, like, oh, is when it's like self-professing Christians who are just awful. Mm -hmm. Um that like really makes me mad. And so I sometimes I don't have words. And so I'll just read Lamentations or read a Psalms mm -hmm. and like say it out loud. And it's kind of like, this is my prayer, even though I don't have the words for it right now. Mm -hmm. And let's see what else? I really like being in nature. Cause I think if you're in nature, a lot of things are happening, but like nothing needs to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, the um the scripture where it says um if i could feed the sparrow why not more for the you know the son that i love right mm -hmm. so it's like it's a reminder that god created all these things in this beauty and i don't necessarily always need to be doing things i think um fatigue is real and knowing when to take a break from everything is real like i know for me i had to get off of social media for a little bit because it was just like consuming me and like have a group text and my friends were like are you ever gonna send anything that's not awful and i was like oh, oops so i like had to figure out a way to be more positive and be more grateful um that was kind of coming from a hard place for me because it was hard to when you're bombarded with all the terrible things that are happening, it's hard to focus on what is great or what is just the common things that we normally neglect to think about or to think out about. Um, yeah. What about you? Um, I think lamenting number one, like you have said, that has been a spiritual practice. It's, it's interesting, like, how when you yell at God, I'm angry at you, it still grows the intimacy in a way, which is really good. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and I think being in nature, like, 
has really helped me to make me feel very grounded. Um, yeah, I just think about how there's been like, there will, like the land that I'm on, like native folks used to live here. There was a time where the American empire didn't exist. So it just makes me think a lot about how like seasons come and go and hopefully this season is just another is just another season and that the seeds that we're planting right now for justice and stuff will eventually come to fruition. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite verses or um parables in the Bible when God talks about um, the seeds, right? If we do a seed, we're not responsible for it growing, right? God's responsible for it growing. We just have to do what we're supposed to do. So I think, um, so funny, I was thinking about this today when I was uh, teaching Bible. We we're talking about Joseph today and his dreams, right? And like um, his, even though he was slowed into slavery, he was put into jail as innocent, He's, God still created space for him to elevate, right? To elevation, and it would all give God the glory. And it was because he understood how to um, interpret dreams. And then it reminded me of Martin Luther King Jr.'s like super famous read, I Have a Dream, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think I ever connected that as a, a faith professing like Christian. Um, like dreams like really, you know, mean something, right? That's how God communicated previously. And the fact that in his speech, he says like, I probably, I might not get there with you guys, but I have a dream that this will happen. And I think that's kind of a realization that I have, which necessarily isn't that optimistic, but I think it's realistic. Like, although I see all these injustices, I'm still gonna do the work. But it's okay if I don't see the fruit of that labor. Right. Um, and that it's 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 better for me to still have dreams than to be content with like, you know, we can like buy houses now and like, oh, we could like we have some rights, and it's like, nah. You know, yeah. you don't get comfortable and so you're still dreaming for better things but also being content with that it may not happen in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I feel like right now I'm thinking about how I can make decisions for, like, not just my kids, but my grandkids and their grandkids. Like, I've really been thinking about what type of world I want, like, my future generation and lineage to live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that was just a little reflection that we had. Um, if y'all want to come join the book club, it's going to be on Saturdays from 9 to 10 a.m. You can sign up on the link in the, um, Eventbrite link in our Instagram bio. And yeah, thank you, Ashley. And it's going to be a good time this week. Come through. Yes.